Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Today we're in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. And we read, Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his time had come, that he would depart from this world of the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. It seems that the time had now come for, I guess you could call it the grand finale. And as the curtain now rises on what would be the very last act of Jesus' earthly ministry, the text here speaks of a very profound and enduring statement, one that is ultimately a promise. Jesus knew that physically he would soon leave this world, but not without first finishing what he came to do. No, his death would be like a seed planted. It would grow and it would blossom, producing a thousandfold kingdom of faithful followers. Followers that would be the earthly foundation of the heavenly kingdom. Now he knew that he had to depart from them, but the text says that he loved them to the end. Not just the end of his earthly ministry. For the, in the original, we read more uh, of a meaning than just that. It means he loved them to the end of everything, to the furthest and the greatest level in which one can be loved. He loved them as he loves us, with no limit, no stopping, and with no measure. Jesus would now manifest that great love in a humble servanthood, despite overt hatred from the religious leaders and despite a bitter traitor that was in his midst. Certainly, many of us never find that kind of heart towards others. Which is kind of sad and even disturbing, because the fact is, such a humble love is the clear evidence of our reborn state, and it's proof of his supernatural Holy Spirit dwelling that is within us. What he's about to do here, the famous washing of the feet of the apostles, is just the kind of love and just the kind of servanthood that some of us cannot seem to produce. Frankly, many of us will never move beyond the taking mode in our faith and the taking mode in our church interaction. We love to get from Jesus, but because he truthfully does not possess us, we fail to ever give of ourselves for Jesus. Now, Jesus himself knew what it was like to be blessed. He knew what it was like to be glorified, if you will, by being the receiver of humble service, such as, you know, when his feet were washed by Mary's perfume and her very tears. But you see, that was not the end of it for him. He knew how to love in return. He knew how to wash the feet of others. God washing our feet, imagine that especially in light of the very sad reluctance of our oft-refusal to do the same for others. Now Luke tells us that as this scene opens before us, the disciples had been bickering and arguing amongst themselves. It seems that they were still caught up in their own lives, in their own pursuits, and they had simply forgot, forgotten what they were supposed to be doing. Yet he still loved them to the end, or you could say, love them to the uttermost. 
it was a love without end. Despite all their failures, despite their faults, despite their shortcomings, he still loved them and he still loves us. What does such a love as this do for you? At the very beginning of John's gospel, we were told that there would be essentially two basic reactions to Jesus Christ. One would be that some would not believe. The text tells us therein, he came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. End quote. Yet for those who did believe, therein John tells us the next portion of that passage, and that is he literally gave them the power to become the sons of God. And that's a truth that's still being demonstrated today. Going on in verse 2 of our text says, During supper, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he came from God and he was going to God, he arose from supper, laid aside his outer garments, and he took a towel, and he wrapped a towel around his waist, and he poured water in the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Now again, even knowing that some among him at that moment would betray him, Jesus still did not hesitate to express his love, and he did so even in a physical manner. Jesus did not merely pay lip service as to his love for them or for us. He lived it out, and then he died to prove its extent. Now his hour had come, just as it will for all of us. We all will experience that passing of death and resurrection. I wonder if we will finish as he did. What Jesus moved to do after dinner indeed must have startled the apostles in a multitude of ways. I mean, even before he washed their feet, his actions would be disconcerting. Because according to Eastern culture, a towel tied around oneself in that kind of manner, it was a sign and a badge, if you will, of a slave. It was against everything they knew Jesus was in truth. It was humiliating. It was embarrassing. And frankly, it defied all their worldly tendencies and drives. No, an earthly king would simply not do this. How we can seek to exalt ourselves. How we desire to lift ourselves up. It just seems to not be in us, in our natural state, to lower ourselves to such a position before others and to serve in such a humble manner. I mean, what did all of this foot-washing stuff even have to do with spiritual things? What did this have to do with God's stuff? You know, we can often seek to sit about and study and discuss highbrow religious things, and we call it Christianity. But Jesus, Jesus was showing us that faith without works is dead. Then love without action is empty and meaningless. Therein the line is drawn deeply between the religious and the Christian, between the radically born again and the mere churchgoer. The scripture here says that Satan, quote, put it into the heart of Judas to betray him, end quote. Well, in layman's terms, that's essentially what we commonly call temptation. No, not sin, and not some sort of possession as we might tend to think, but temptation. He does this to all of us, Satan that is, all the time. Sin is when we act upon that temptation and transgression is when we stay there. 
Here we have Satan's full onslaught in the midst of the outpouring of God's glory and servanthood. We need to understand that this is where Satan is always sure to show up and attack. And frankly, he doesn't bother with churches or individuals that pose no threat and that they do nothing for God. No, Satan's going to focus on the threat. Now, I know we're all apt to panic when the heat is turned up. And often we need to be reminded that Jesus has everything in his hands. Yet what did Jesus himself do when Satan was in his very presence and bearing down upon him? Well, he simply held the course. He just did the work undeterred. In his humanity, he could have panicked like us, yet he knew that God was firmly and forever in control of the playing field. The Lord is so loving to remind me of that when I need it. You know, it was his last supper, but it didn't seem to matter. He still humbly served the ones he loved. For it was never about him. No, for Jesus, it was always about them. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.